0: please consult with a qualified fiduciary advisor about your specific situation annex wealth management is a proud member of the Barron's top advisor list and the financial times top 300 know the difference it's team
1: tech trust good morning southwest florida here we go annex wealth management show for sunday may 3rd got a busy one today um Story of three do-it-yourself people that we've recently talked to that have kind of said, maybe we need some help. That's good. That's on the way. Also, another edition of Ask Annex. So if you got a question for us, you can head to AnnexWealth.com. want to remind you about three webinars that we have coming up. The first is Understanding the PPP and the BBB, Critical Insights for Businesses. That happens Tuesday at 11 o'clock. The next one is uh, Thursday at 4 p.m. That is How the Secure Act Changes My Retirement. And then we've got Women's Guide to Financial Self-Defense. That comes up not next week, but the week after, the 13th, and then there's another one on the 21st. I know I'm rattling these off. You can get all of them at AnnexWealth.com. Look for the Events tab. My name is Danny Clayton saying good morning, Mark Oswald. Good morning, gentlemen. And uh, Derek Felsky. good morning. Good morning, Danny. We're hoping Dave Spano is on a boat somewhere on a beautiful
2: weekend. So there we go. Where do we start, guys? Well, let's start with the markets. And obviously, we're at our first Sunday here in May, and that, of course, gives us a Way to look back at April and and what an April it was, Derek. It certainly was a big number for the markets.
3: Yeah, it was the strongest month for stocks since 1987. The S and P was up 13 percent in the month of April. Uh, only 12 times since World War II has the S and P had a 10 percent monthly advance.
2: Well, you start thinking about where the S and P is right now, and and we can get to multiples later in the show. But when you think about 2800, 2900 on the S and P 500. Do we deserve to be there as a stock market? And I, I use that word kind of loosely, deserve, because you kind of look at it and say, with everything that's going on in our state, everything that's going on around the world, you know, should the stock market be going up 13% in the month of April?
3: Well, I, I, I hesitate to say it should be up 12%, but what I would say is when you think about it, there are a couple of very compelling reasons that people ought to continue to hold equities in their portfolio. First of all, stocks compete with bonds, and right now, interest rates were at very low levels. Pinned TO ZERO ON THE SHORT END OF THE YIELD CURVE. SO STOCKS LOOK VERY ATTRACTIVE JUST ON AN INTEREST RATE BASIS, YOU KNOW, IN TERMS OF DIVIDEND-PAYING STOCKS AND THE REST. THE SECOND THING IS HISTORICALLY, WHEN THE FED IS EXPANDING ITS BALANCE SHEET, that money migrates into the stock market. It seeks returns. And there's and the Fed has undergone unprecedented stimulus. They've re- tried to repair the credit markets. Uh, they've printed money. We also have a huge fiscal stimulus package. And now those, those checks, those unemployment checks, that extra $600 a week is now migrating into the system, and people now have some money to spend. So even though they're unemployed, they actually have more spending power between now and the end of July than they did when they were working.
2: You know, when we look back at 2000, 2008, 2009, Derek, in comparison to what's happening in 2020 and the Fed and the Treasury and the response that they're getting. I mean, it, it, they're, they're light years different in the way that we've reacted this time around, and that's been to the benefit of the stock markets as well.
3: I think so. I mean, th- I think they learned a lot in 2008 and 2009. 2008, they invented all sorts of new programs that they'd never done before, you know, quantitative easing. We'd never heard that phrase before. We'd never heard the word TARP before, and generally, they did in four to five weeks this time what it took them over a year to do in 2008 and 2009 and the other thing too is in 2008 2009 we had a banking crisis and and bank lending basically is the grease that drives an economy, particularly an economy like the United States. And the banks this time around are in much better shape, much better capitalized. They've passed stress tests and the like. They haven't gone crazy with stock buybacks and paying high dividends. Uh, So the backdrop, the foundation of the U.S. economy is much stronger, fortunately, in light of the virus. Certainly evidence, don't fight the Fed, certainly is an axiom
2: you need to stick with, for sure. But you mentioned unemployment, and we saw another number this week, initial jobless claims of another 3.8 million on top of the number that already existed, about 26 million, gets us to right around 30 million people. One sixth of the U.S. population not working that's going to have an effect on gdp and the economy at some point
3: it will and you know my hope obviously is that part of the reason we've seen these unemployment claims is that ppp program took some time to roll off so many people were were unemployed or were sent on the unemployment rolls but they're probably being asked back by any number of their their former employers and that might cause an improvement in unemployment claims in the next couple of weeks which i think people will see as a positive
2: i think we're going to see the stock market come back before we see some of these jobs come back because it's going to it's going to take a long time to get people back onto the regular payrolls so people don't spend as the same way when they're on unemployment as they do when they have a job.
3: They certainly don't. And you know, the other thing too we think about a lot is you know, for the stock market to really have lasting gains, we really need to see the economy start to improve. We know some states are starting to reopen gradually and and really what I think is going to determine what the stock market does is how quickly the U.S. economy recovers. Will it be a a V bottom, which I think is unlikely? Will it be more of a U bottom or will it be more like a check mark, the Nike swish, if you will, if you're a golfer? Is that is that the kind of recovery we're gonna see? And if if that's the case with the Fed put in place, I would think stocks would be pretty well supported, certainly above the lows from March. I want to get to one more thing before we
2: get to the break here, and that was China. Certainly, Friday, the the markets got a little unnerved by China.
3: So just some thoughts on China and tariffs there. Well, it's certainly one of the risks. You know, in 2019, the market vacillated a lot on trade fears, trade war concerns, and the rest. Certainly, you know, you listen to the Trump administration, they certainly believe China could have done a better job, and that's putting it mildly in terms of the the virus and letting people know about it, what the extent of it was, what the deaths were and all the rest. So it's not hard to imagine potentially using tariffs as a tool to punish the Chinese.
1: This is the Annex Wealth Management Show. We say, know the difference. It is Team Tech Trust. Head to AnnexWealth.com, click that Get Started button. Back in a bit, this is 92.5 Fox News.
4: This is Dave Spano from Annex Wealth Management, where we ask you to know the difference. The Wall Street Journal has published a list of questions to ask your financial advisor. The very first one is, are you a fiduciary, and are you willing to put that in writing? We've been asking people listening to our show to do that for years. That's just one of the ways to know the difference between financial advisors. People come to us every day with what I call a mishmash. Statements here and there, overlapping investments, no consolidation. Annex Wealth Management can clean that up and put it in order. Our team of investment, tax, and estate planners will work to make sure your plan is clear and coordinated. If this makes sense to you, or if you want a second opinion on your investments and retirement planning, go to AnnexWealth.com. You can learn more there, or simply hit the get started button and start the process. AnnexWealth.com, know the difference. I'm Dave Spano from Annex Wealth Management. I hope we see
0: you soon. Custom-tailored investment and retirement planning from a fee-only fiduciary. Know the difference. This is the Annex Wealth Management Show. Know the difference. It's Team Tech Trust. There are times when do-it-yourself
1: is a great way to go. If you're handy and everything goes well, that's fantastic. What about when you find yourself in stormy conditions and perhaps a little bit over your skis? It can happen with plumbing, landscaping, and investing. Brandon Lehman is a wealth manager at Annex Wealth Management. Welcome back, Brandon. Hey, Danny. By the way, I have seen you on our Annex Wealth Management Zoom meetings from your basement. You are a DIYer, and you got a basement project going, right?
5: I do, I do. I've been working on this project since uh, the first weekend in January, and let's just say I am done being a DIYer and I have started to call some people. You, to that certain point, is like, okay, I think I need an expert. I've worked through a lot of it, and I just I looked at my wife and said, you know, it, it's time. That kind of leads us to what we're gonna talk about, and it's a tale of
1: three people who reached out to you recently. All are successful, smart, resourceful, and when it came to investment and retirement plan, they were dyed-in-the-wool DIYers, and that's great. DIYer number one, let's talk about him. Interesting situation sitting on a lot of cash, tended to get in and out of the market, perhaps not always at the best time.
5: Yeah, you know, one of the things that we've started to see is prior to all of this going on, the pandemic, COVID, is we've had, you know, a rising tide raises all ships. So everybody started to feel really confident in their skills. It's been 11 years. You could do well over the last 11 years. There were some slight hiccups. But now when you start to see a lot of volatility, what it's doing is it's taking away from that skill set and that trading on fundamentals, and now they're trading on emotions. And all of a sudden, they're like, well, I think today's good, let's go in. Well, all of a sudden the market makes a big change and they get nervous and they come out. So it's having that partnership with a firm like Annex where we can sit down and control that emotional behavior and have those really logical, thoughtful discussions to prevent that from happening. And I think that's an area where we've started to partner with a lot of the DIYers in the last couple of weeks. They've started saying, you know, we really do need this help more not from an investment standpoint, but from a behavioral controlling and helping them walk through on a day-to-day level.
1: You know, the behavioral part is really the interesting part because when the pressure is on, we tend to do things from an emotional standpoint.
5: Yes. Yeah. And that's what we're tending to see. And so I think of it from the standpoint of, okay, this is my nest egg and I'm the only one in charge. I need to protect this as much as I can. But when you have a team of experts behind you, they're there saying, okay, yes, this is your nest egg. This is short-term, though. You know, we're looking at the long-term. We're comparing this to your financial plan, and this is how we view it. And having those great conversations over the last couple weeks has really enhanced the opportunities that we've had to work with a lot of individuals to help them build a strong financial plan for the future.
1: Is it just finally getting to the point where it's like, okay, listen, I've done a really nice job, but I I need some pros.
5: Yeah, and that's, that's typically what it is. And we always acknowledge they have done a fantastic job. And they've looked at the markets, they've understood where things are going, they've done a good job. But as you get into this volatility, they need somebody to help control their emotions. When you look at where the world is right now, you really need that coach. I need that coach in my life. I have those individuals I reach out to when I start to feel a little stressed. And that's what we're here for, and that's part of the partnership. And then that builds into the financial plan as well.
1: Brandon Lehman, a wealth manager at Annex Wealth Management. bless the do-it-yourselfers, but without a team of dedicated fee-only fiduciaries, things can be missed. That's what we're talking about here. Our second example, another fan of cash, and you, you said he was long in cash. What's that mean?
5: Yeah, so we had a conversation. He's He's been utilizing cash for a very long time, and not just over the short pandemic and all the things that have gone on in 2020, but for the last couple of years. And while that is understandable in the short term, over the long term, there's a lot of missed opportunities. And while we don't have a lot of inflation right now, we still have it. And there have been opportunities out there where you could potentially get in and get some returns that could at least outpace inflation. That's what we're here for, to control that emotional fear of the markets and guide you on a true financial plan versus just, okay, cash, investments. Let's talk about the whole picture.
1: My favorite is do it yourself for number three. 30 years do-it-yourself investment retirement planning and by most accounts did really well at it. However, you dug deeper and you explored a situation from an angle that
5: most people really wouldn't. So they had done great over the last 30 years of investing, but one of the things that they weren't really cognizant of was the tax picture and the tax implications over the long term of how this would affect their plan. So we started to really dig into not only their investments, but their tax returns and say, okay, what is the correlation? The biggest complaint the family had was their high tax bracket. And by simply just Digging into the returns, digging into the strategy for the investments, we were able to utilize a different type of setup along the same lines, generating kind of the goals and reaching the goals they were looking for, but putting it in a different category, which was allowed to have a very large tax savings by just simply taking a deeper dive and looking at more than just the investment. Let's
1: talk about the value of fee-only fiduciary and for the annex fee we really can demonstrate that value up and down.
5: Yeah and I think it's important to understand that everybody thinks about advisors in the the old term if you want to use it is somebody who's there just to manage money but annex we do a lot more and it's more important than just saying you should be an X amount of stocks X amount of bonds we need to build that financial plan we need to understand how the taxes impact that financial plan how the investments do and every once in a while really how that estate is impacted so by taking a holistic approach it really can have a long-term positive impact on your goals and your financial outcomes
1: and don't get locked in on the fee it's the value beyond that
5: correct when you you think about all the value that a financial advisor can bring it's more than just the fee there's so much more to it and there's so much more to take a deep dive in so there's a lot of studies out there i'll, I'll highlight two that have been put out by russell investments and vanguard highlighting the actual value of an advisor and what they truly do for you over the long term
1: Do it yourself first. A little stormy out there. We can help and bring tremendous value to the relationship. AnnexWealth.com. Click that Get Started button. Brandon Lehman, Wealth Manager, Annex Wealth Management. Thank you for your time. Thank you, Danny. This is Dave
4: Spano from Annex Wealth Management. COVID-19's impact is staggering from the tragic loss of life to the gut punch to the worldwide economy. We understand why you're feeling anxious. These challenging times are a result of a public health crisis that has created an economic crisis. Most thought The American economy was on a healthy track before the virus spread globally. But even the best health professionals can only estimate how long we'll have to live like this. Whether you're a client of Annex or not, please take a deep breath before making hasty decisions that could permanently harm your plan. I've said this often, this too shall pass. Our clients' plans are built to address current cash needs, intermediate goals, and eventually a satisfying retirement. We're committed to making that happen. If we can help, head to AnnexWealth.com and click the Get Started button. Use Annex everywhere and never leave the house. I'm Dave Spano from Annex Wealth Management. Stay healthy.
0: Team, tech, trust, and a fee-only fiduciary model that works in your best interest. Can your advisors say that? This is the Annex Wealth Management Show. We're back. Website, AnnexWealth.com. Click the Get
1: Started button. You can get going on that free portfolio analysis, which if you want and you've got an annuity in there, we'll do the annuity analysis for you too. We have done hundreds of those over the years. Uh, If you have a question for us, AnnexWealth.com, just look for the Ask button. It's right there on our main page. First one up is from Kenneth is the $1,200 government stimulus payment going to be taxable?
2: I'm going to donate mine, but need to know if I should keep some to pay income taxes. That's a great question. There's a lot of questions out there right now, some confusion on what's happening with this money that's coming from Washington. But the short answer, Kenneth, is the answer is no. The money is not taxable income to you. It will not be reported on your 2020 tax return when you file that next year. So if you're so inclined to give it to charity, you can give the whole $1,200 away if you want to.
4: Speaking of uh, getting money, you know, there was a lot of consternation nation because the ppp the payroll protection plan uh was you know got sopped up and a lot of companies that probably shouldn't have applied for it did get it some of them gave it back but it got refunded again
2: It did. It got replenished. So another $484 billion was approved by Congress. Not all of that's going to the PPP, but the lion's share of it is. And the idea is protecting people's paychecks. And hopefully the companies that do qualify and that follow the rules are going to be able to continue to pay people. And, of course, if people are getting paid, they're outspending money, and that's good for GDP.
4: And, by the way, if the company gets the money and 75% of it goes to payroll, you can use it for rent and other things. That's right. One year from now, if you keep your payroll up, it turns into a grant and becomes forgivable, so a really good uh, situation for small companies good info
1: if you haven't gotten your twelve hundred dollars yet there's an irs site that you can go to we've been testing it and we've got really smart tax people this thing just is not working yet no, it's, it's like where's my where's my refund or it's complicated and it's hard i keep driving by your house and
4: looking in your mailbox but i didn't get no twelve hundred no.
1: anything yet uh, next up on ask annex is
3: from chuck what are the bond market implications of ten dollar oil well, that's, that's actually a very good question, because you know one of the issues that we saw in late March was we had the, the beginning of what seemed to be a credit crisis, but the Fed obviously came in very aggressively to shore that up. And one of the reasons $10 oil is important is because a big chunk of that high-yield universe is oil companies, frackers and the rest, who essentially have a lot of debt on their books, and with the price of oil at below $10, bucks, they are obviously not going to be able to pay that debt off and could face bankruptcy. So that's one, one thing. So default risk clearly is up. The other reason I think this is a good question is the high yield market. We often talk about fixed income managers, fixed income market being smarter than the equity guys. And, you know, as an equity guy, I'm kind of annoyed about that, but I think it's true. And so you got to watch that high yield market. I think that gives you a really good indication about where equity prices are headed.
4: So back in 08 and 09, you know, we were doing the show and we were talking about spreads, the spreads between treasuries and high yields. And that was something that we said on the show back then that we need to watch. I think we're in that same game right.
3: No, oh, absolutely. I mean, about what two months ago, we were trading at a, The high yield index was about three and a half percentage points above Treasuries. It blew out to a thousand basis points, so six and a half percent. That's an enormous move in the high yield market. Uh, some of those ETFs we found out are really inefficient vehicles. They traded at a discount to their NAV. So I would caution anyone who's out there from buying those things, particularly because the government is now involved. You don't want to buy an ETF higher than its NAV. You don't want to sell it less and it it's NAVs. You're much better off looking for an active high-yield manager. But let me just say this, uh, and, and I agree with
4: you, but there has to be a reversion to the mean at some point, or these companies are going to default. I mean, it's, it's, something's going to break here.
3: No, there absolutely is. I mean, we saw this week, you know, Neiman Marcus is exploring their their situation. Macy's is exploring it. California Pizza Kitchen, a whole, whole number of retailers are doing that. I'm sure there be any number of energy bankruptcies coming if oil prices remain at these levels. But the interesting thing about oil, too, is despite that decline, share Chevron is up almost 45% in the last month, which tells you somebody's looking past the chasm towards the future.
4: And, and most people are, and the fact is that Chevron is a good, and we talked about companies with solid balance sheets and the ability to pay a dividend. They're on that list, and so when that happens, you have to look through it, and you have to say, where are we going to be one year and two years from now?
1: ask Annex. if you got a question for us, we love them. In fact, we come in on Mondays and the inbox is just full. We get back to everybody. Some of them wind up on the air, but you can head to AnnexWealth.com, look for that Ask button. While you're there, are you being guided properly? Uh, Click that Get Started button, get that free portfolio analysis. If you have an annuity, we'll uh, do the annuity analysis as well from a fee-only fiduciary. Again, AnnexWealth.com, click that Get Started button.
4: This is Dave Spano from Annex Wealth Management, where we ask you to know the difference. The Wall Street Journal has published a list of questions to ask your financial advisor. The very first one is, are you a fiduciary? And are you willing to put that in writing? We've been asking people listening to our show to do that for years. That's just one of the ways to know the difference between financial advisors. People come to us every day with what I call a mishmash. Statements here and there, overlapping investments, no consolidation. Annex Wealth Management can clean that up and put it in order. Our team of investment, tax, and estate planners will work to make sure your plan is clear and coordinated. If this makes sense to you or if you want a second opinion on your investments and retirement planning, go to AnnexWealth.com. You can learn more there or simply hit the Get Started button and start the process. AnnexWealth.com. Know the difference. I'm Dave Spano from Annex Wealth Management. I hope we see you soon.
0: Planning and investment insight from a fee-only fiduciary, and we put that in writing. This is the Annex Wealth Management Show.
1: We're back. Annex Wealth Management Show, 92.5 Fox News website, AnnexWealth.com. Click that Get Started button. Quick reminder on some of the webinars we've got coming up on Tuesday, Understanding the PPP, the Payroll Protection Program, Did I get that one right? Yes, Patreon. Thank you. Uh, Critical Insights for Businesses, that is Tuesday at 11 a.m. How the Secure Act Changes Your Retirement, that happens Thursday at 4 p.m. Then we've got a couple Women's Guide to Financial Self-Defense that come up the next week. All of that
2: information at AnnexWealth.com slash events. The other thing that's happening, of course, out there is we're getting earnings news and some big reports this week of some giant companies in terms of their earnings, and some, in some cases, some guidance on what's going to go forward with those companies, what their expectations are, and some buyback information. Let's run through a couple of names. We we do own some of these companies in our equity income portfolio. It's not a recommendation that anybody go out and buy these companies, but in all fairness, we do own some of these companies in our client accounts. But let's start with Amazon, the big one.
3: Well, Amazon um, reported a a good quarter on revenues, but they missed on earnings. And the reason they missed on earnings is they've spent a lot of money in the last quarter expanding their footprint, essentially. They hired over 100,000 people. And basically, when Jeff Bezos started the conference call, he said, I want everybody to sit down before I tell you what I'm about to tell you. And what he essentially was going to – what he said was that next quarter, they plan to spend every dollar of their profits – dealing with the coronavirus in 4 fact, billion dollars yeah but one of the things they're talking about doing is actually having testing facilities in their in their warehouses so that the employees will feel much safer working there and don't fear Getting this virus or giving it to someone else. What's going on with Apple? We had a uh, uh, some beats on both top and bottom lines with that company. Yeah, Apple. Apple had a good quarter. They had, they had lowered guidance earlier in the month. They talked about po- postponing by a month the rollout of some new uh, phones. But generally speaking, you know, they came in ahead of expectations on both top and bottom line. They announced a fifty million dollar stock buyback for the quarter, uh, and they also raised the dividend. So a good report all around. And the stock did sell off a little bit in the aftermarket. But actually, despite the fact that the Dow was down almost 700 points on on Friday, Apple held in there pretty well. We
2: had one other company really prevalent in the news this week, which was Gilead. You know, On Friday, they got FDA approval for an emergency use of that drug that at least speeds up the recovery process for those people who are infected with COVID-19, remdesivir. And so that company is going to be giving away a lot of free medicine over the next 18 months is way, the way I understand it.
3: Well, they, they've committed to giving away a million and a half vials. And I think the treatment protocol is five days. So that would, that would treat potentially 300,000 people. Um, This is, again, a case of, you know, it's one thing if someone has a successful drug, but they're not charging for it, don't necessarily run out and buy the stock. And they
2: got $100 million or something like that in just to R&D for that drug right now.
3: Yeah, and and so basically with Gilead, there was an analyst who downgraded the stock on, on Friday morning, so that put some downward pressure on it. It's been trading between, you know, 78 and 85 for the last several weeks, but I think we're all happy to hear that there is a treatment that can be used in a case of someone who are severely ill. I'm going to jump to one other company, which is Tesla. Uh, Elon Musk made some news again on Friday with uh, the, with his tweet machine. Elon Elon never surprises me, man. He, he basically um, came out and said his stock was too
2: expensive. Isn't that amazing? And, and he's got some restrictions on him already from the SEC over some previous tweets. So we'll see what happens in that particular case. And but that stock...
1: What did it do? Was, it, oh, it was went down, down, down. about right. 10%.
2: <laughs>
3: well, if the okay. CEO tells you his stock's too expensive, that's usually a reason <laughs> to sell something. And that's pretty rare. You yeah. don't hear that very much, do you?
2: Yeah, not at all. And, and you, you do hear companies talking about their stock, usually the other way around, that it's undervalued. You don't oftentimes hear somebody come out and saying that the company that they own is overvalued. Let's talk a little bit about Facebook. That was another company that reported this week. Good numbers there.
3: They did have good numbers. You know, one of the things that concerns some investors is the fact that five stocks in the S&P 500 are roughly 20% of the weighting. And those names are Google, Apple, Apple, Um, Amazon, Facebook, and Microsoft. And generally speaking, people say, oh my gosh, that's a sign of froth and so on and so forth. But Google and Facebook, both of which reported this week, actually have not really done much in the past year or so. So while people talk about Amazon being up a lot or Apple being up a lot or Microsoft being up a lot, the other two of those five horsemen have really gone sideways. But generally speaking, as a group, they traded about 35 times earnings, which I think is a rich multiple, but their growth trajectories warrant it to some degree. The takeaway for me,
2: as always, is know what you own, of course, in your portfolio. We talked a lot about tech names today and some healthcare names. Those are two sectors that we like in our investment committee, but there's are sectors that we are staying away from as well. If you haven't had a free portfolio review done, now is a great time. We've had a great April after a really bad March, and if, if you are nervous about your portfolio in terms of your risk, get that free portfolio review.
1: Annex Wealth Management, a fee-only fiduciary partner, four-time member of the Financial Times Top 300, a Barron's Top. Advisor AnnexWealth.com. Click that get started button. See you in a week. This is the Annex Wealth Management Show, 925
0: Fox News. The Annex Wealth Management Show is hosted by Annex Wealth Management, a fee-only registered investment advisor. Important information about the qualifications and business practices of Annex is available at Annexwealth.com. Different types of investments involve varying degrees of risk. Please consult with a qualified fiduciary advisor about your specific situation.